On today's show, we got some stuff to talk about. Actual rumors, trade rumors, Miles Turner to the Dallas Mavericks. Say it so, Isaac Harris. Bring him home. Bring him home. Bring the Dallas native to Dallas. We'll talk about that and all the different things and play a game of whiteboard on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavs don't believe you shouldn't be here and welcome you are locked on to the dallas mavericks my name is nick engstead media member and nba channel manager for the locked on podcast network thanks for making locked on mavs your first listen every single day we are free and available on all platforms including youtube thanks for helping us get to 10,000 subscribers on youtube we are getting there we're like 800 and something away from that. We're, we're climbing our way to nine thousand to 10,000. Join me. Does you YouTube send us something cool? You can't talk till I introduce you. And join me. Ah. <laughs> As always, my co-host, writer and contributor at Mavs.com. The natty noob, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Does YouTube send us something cool if we hit 10K? 10, I don't think so. I think you got to hit like 100K or 50K for them to send will, you something. Maybe they we, send us a patch or a t-shirt. <laughs> Will we do this pod long enough to hit 100K subscribers? No, I don't think so. Are we good enough? Maybe not, but let us know in the comments. <laughs> Should we keep going until we hit 100K subscribers? Oh, my gosh. We'd have to just start creating fake bot accounts right now. Our kids just take it over. <laughs> my non-existent kids. Uh, all right, on today's show, we got a lot to get to. Miles Turner in the news again. The Mavericks have expressed interest in Miles Turner, according to Shams Sharania. He posted that on The Athletic. That's a real rumor, right? I think we do this one every year. One sentence, and the fan base is ready. We're ready. We're ready for one for one sentence. But we do this every single year, and let's do our let's do our spiel, our shtick about rumors again this year. We do every year. Our loyal oh Raccoon Squad listeners will know this. There is a difference between speculation and rumors and then actual reports. All three of those things are different things. When you when you hear like one of us say, what if they traded this guy for this guy? That is not a rumor. If you no. see somebody tweet about what about this guy or the Mavericks should go get this guy or a reporter. Like even if Woj is like the Mavs should be targeting this guy. That is not a rumor, right? That is not a thing that is sourced. A rumor is I'm hearing sources are telling me that blah, blah, blah. Somebody from inside the organization tells the reporter something like in this case, the agent or somebody from inside the organization told Shams that the Mavs have expressed interest in Miles Turner. That's a real rumor. So we will talk about those. We will not talk about the fake like, oh, the Mavs were interested in this, blah, 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 but it wasn't really sourced, right? Uh, and then no. speculation is a complete other thing. So And, and there's only, we've, we've talked about this before, there's a, there's a select group of people that we, when we talk about on this pod, that we're like, all right, we'll take this one serious. Sometimes people DM us, send us things that random people online you know, ha hashtag reported, you know, whatever. And it's like, we're looking at the local guys. We're looking at the Tim Cato's, Brad, Callie's covering the team full time. Tim McMahon's there. Yep. Mark, Stein, Mark Stein. Obviously, Woes and Shams. And, you know, Chris this guy's Haynes like, is in there now. Chris Haynes, you know, Jake Fisher, I think is, yep. you know, has, has got his name out there with some reports, you know, last friend of the pod last feels like last off season. So th those are the group of people that we typically you know, lean towards when it comes to actually reported news that we'll talk about. 
And so this one from Miles Turner, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into it and get all into it on why the Mavericks should be interested in him and what they could possibly send for him and, and all that. So we'll, we'll talk about that. But quickly, there's a couple of things I want to get to. Marquise Chris, third 10-day contract. So that tells me a couple things. The Mavericks still have somebody in health and safety protocols that they're able to sign him to this other 10-day. Porzingis. Uh, and so that so it's Porzingis, right? Porzingis or Boban. Both, both Boban's cleared. Boban, so... so Porzingis still in 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 the health and safety. So the Mavericks don't have to make the decision that we've been talking about yet. They don't have to make a decision on Willie or whoever else they're going to get rid of to keep Marquise Chris. Uh, Theo Pinson also was signed to the two-way spot that was Eugene Omarui's spot. And so he's signed on. He could stay go. for the rest. He could stay for the rest of the year. And there's also no restrictions on two-way guys right now for games played. So he's basically a Maverick at Love this point. Ja'Cory McLaughlin was released. He was the other two-way spot. So the Mavericks right now have an open two-way slot. Now, why don't they just sign Marquise Chris? Why don't they just sign Keese to the other two-way spot? Well, he's played in the league too long. You have to be in your fourth year or earlier in your NBA career to play on a two-way spot. I don't think the Mavericks have anybody on their roster right now that can be a two-way guy. So I I know... I know there's been some speculation about Moses. If they waived him, if he cleared waivers, then they could bring him back on a two-way. That could theoretically happen, but I also think, you know, we we joke about Moses. Brunson and Luca could be. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> hey, JB. Yeah, you know, right. So about that contract extension, would you like a two-way? How about we cut it? How about you cut your current <laughs> contract that's way undervalued in half? <laughs> but... That could theoretically happen with Moses as far as like wave clear, then bring it back on two way. I just don't, I just think with where the league's at right now and like with the cheap contract Moses is at, that if they waived him, I, I want to say there's a team out there that would pick him up for his right. super cheap right. number. So I don't, I'm not even viewing the Moses wave clear, bring him back on a two way as really an option right now. Yeah, right. So that's the map situation. They have a two-way spot open. They still have a, a decision to make in 10 days, so in about nine days from now, as you're listening to this, about Marquise Chris. And Porzingis will be out of health and safety protocols by now. By then, now maybe somebody else goes into health and safety protocols then. We don't know. That's the future. But that's where the Mavs roster stands right now. Let's talk about Miles Turner. Your reaction to the Miles Turner news was what? Um... Not surprising, just because I I think he fits a lot of the boxes. I mean, we joked the last time they you know he, they played the Pacers. He tweeted out after the game a little home you know emoji type thing, and I was like, ah, oh, does he want to come home? And I just think he would he would fit a lot of things in in Dallas. He would immediately step in as the the best center on the roster. And we talk about you know protecting the paint. Um, you know he can step out and shoot a little bit. I'm yep. I'm sure we're going to continue talking about that, but. I when I look at Miles Turner and I seen that rumor, I was like, okay, Dallas out there at least shopping around the bigs. We saw a rumor the, the other day that um, you know they at least expressed some interest in Demarcus Cousins when he was a free agent. And my thing when I see Miles Turner is I look at one player for a really good team of saying that's the type of role you'd want him to play, and that's Brooke Lopez with the Bucks. Yeah. And I mean, we're talking about a team who won the title, and so when you look at a guy like Miles Turner. I just put two qualifiers in there. Very simple. Guys who have shot it, who are shooting at least 35% from three and averaging at least two blocks a game. There's two guys in the league who do that. Miles Turner and Brooke Lopez. And Brooke Lopez really isn't even playing right now because of the surgery. So I just look at what Brooke Lopez did for the Bucs or slash does for the Bucs. I think Miles Turner could do that for Dallas. 
Yeah, absolutely. And we, we, we're we starting to see this Mavericks team over the six-game winning streak stretch and even go go back farther. They're starting to, to create an identity. And their identity is no longer the, you know, hyper-efficient number one offense in the NBA type team, right? That is not who they have been this year. Now, maybe they can t- turn into that if Luka and, and other guys start hitting their shots a little bit more consistently. Uh, and then they they clean up a couple things here and there. But they have become a top five defensive team in the NBA and and prided themselves on the defensive end and become a really good defensive team. And so you bring in a guy like Miles Turner if they're able to do it, and that just takes you to another level because right now you do, you don't have a rim protector like that. We've we've been crediting Maxi for being the linchpin of this defense, and he has just been doing the best he, he can back there, yeah. all six ten of him. If you bring in Miles Turner, good. that's a guy who's like a legit seven foot. That can defend one on one against these guys like Jokic and Davis and things like that, but also be a good help block like rim protector and and help off of guys that uh, you know get beat. And the Mavericks have some guys that get beat off the dribble like Luca and Brunson and Tim Hardaway Jr. You know, depending on who would be in the trade, but uh, he would be incredible insurance and help their defense around the perimeter in an immense way. It would take the Mavericks from being okay; they're, they've been a good defensive team too. Oh, no, this team can be a great defensive team if you add Miles Turner and keep some of the defensive pieces that the Mavericks have kind of cultivated this year. Yeah, and he's 25. I mean, I I think that's another thing, too. I'm like, I feel like he's been in the league longer than him just being 25 years old. He makes $18 million this year, makes $18 million next year, you know, what should be an expiring contract next season. And it's like, yeah, and we know about the defensive stuff. He averaged over three blocks a game last year. That's a lot. And you go into this, four. I was like a three and a half. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a lot of blocks a game. And so, and when you look offensively, yeah, he can step out and shoot the ball. But you know what? What do they ask for the center position? They ask him to roll to the rim. And when you look at, I was looking at some of the numbers, you know, this year for Indiana, they run it a lot for Sabonis. Like Sabonis has 175 possessions or 145 possessions as the pick and roll man this year. Turner has has only 77 possessions as the roll man. But he's pretty good at it. He's at a 1.2 points per possession in that. A very good rating on Synergy. So it's like he's he's he can do that. It's not like, hey, he can't roll. He can also you know, like pop out too. So I just, my whole thing is obviously it, it all depends on what package if you start talking about all of that. But as far as like fit and fit in Dallas and what he brings to the table, I think he fits all the boxes of what you would want from a rim protector, you know, big in that role. Absolutely. Coming up, let's get into our game. We're playing another game of of whiteboard. It's fill in the blank. It's rank. It's trade. It's, you know, like rank. It's all those kind of things on the whiteboard. We'll talk about that and talk, answer all the questions about Miles Turner, the package, uh, what he and KP would look like. um, If the Mavs need a rim protector, like if that should be their top priority, we'll talk about all that and more coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about betonline.ag. Hopefully, you picked Georgia in the national championship game. Isaac and I were sitting here uh, watching. Did you just end- spoil it for somebody? Who's who's watching the game afterwards that need that needs it to be spoiled? Sports is one of the last few things that we <laughs> watch live that we actually watch live, right? It's not like Book of Boba Fett where we're gonna watch a couple days later. It is the thing that you watch live, and so you want to watch live. You also want to bet live too. Go to betonline.ag. You're gonna want to put down some money. Use the promo code Lockdown and get a fifty percent welcome bonus. The NFL games this weekend. Cincinnati Bengals, six-point favorite against the Raiders. <sighs> I grew up in Cincinnati, if you guys know. I do not, I do not like I do not like having that favorite uh rank there for the for the Cincinnati Bengals. 
Dallas Cowboys, three-point favorite still against the 49ers. If you want to put some money down on your Dallas Cowboys, Weedem boys, go check it out, betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. All right, Isaac Harris, let's play a game of whiteboard. I got my whiteboard here, and we are going to start with a fill-in-the-blank. We've talked a lot about Miles Turner. Now, I'm assuming, at least I'm assuming, that a, a package with Porzingis wouldn't necessarily be in in the cards. Now it could be. We've 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 played with a Rick couple. Rick ain't of, signing up for that. That's Just, my, that's my that's my thought with it. Is I don't think Rick is is signing up for another round with Porzingis here. And I don't know if Porzingis would sign off on having another round with Rick Carlisle. And so I don't think that that's going to be the case. There are some packages if you start doing like, okay, what if they did Turner and Jeremy Lamb for Porzingis? Then that kind of, you get into that money and then you could make that kind of a trade work. But you can't do Turner and Porzingis straight up for each other just with the money work. But let's say the Mavericks do trade for Miles Turner and they still have Kristaps Porzingis. Fill in the blank. Miles Turner and Kristaps Porzingis would work blank together. I'm already ahead of you. Go, no, yeah, go for it. As soon as, yeah. I, as soon as I ask a question, go for it. Oh, let's go. Bam. Fine for the regular season. <laughs> well, and I, I said I said work it out. They would work it out. I think that the, I think they would figure it out. I think that those two guys can complement each other in a certain way that it would it would work out, right? Both of those guys can shoot and that just opens up so much. If one of those guys was a non-shooter, it changes things. Then all of a sudden it becomes Dwight Powell or, you know, like a, a, that kind of a fit again, which we've seen it work in the past before. The thing that is in- interesting about it is that Miles Turner has expressed wanting to have a bigger role in an offense and having a, just a bigger role on a team. And so I'm curious if he would come in and all of a sudden Porzingis is getting his like 15 to 16 shots. Luca's getting his like 20 shots. And where's Miles Turner going to fall? And then the, the catch and shoot guys. And is Miles Turner just another catch and shoot guy again? Or if he's just falls in line because he's like, oh, we're playing we're playing like a different level of basketball here. And he just falls into line there and other, understands it. But I think they would work it out. Yeah, and you know, I put fine for the regular season because I, I think it I think it would work for the regular season. I mean, you just insert him into that Dwight Powell role, and I feel like Dwight gets some open threes every now and then. I think that would, you know, only increase with, with Turner out there. And I just think in the regular season it wouldn't be an issue. I would have questions for it in the postseason of running the two bigs, the two seven footers out there, defensively, switches. You know, KP at the four, then we've talked this whole time about KP being at the five as your main, you know, as your best lineup. You know, as as it stands right now, if we're in a playoff series, KP's playing the five a lot with Dwight Powell on the bench and they're running, you know, Maxi out there or Dorian at the four or whoever. So I would just I would have more questions in a, in a postseason, but it, it wouldn't shy me away from going to getting Miles Turner if you get him. Absolutely not. Next one. Rank it one to five. The Mavs need a rim protector like Miles Turner. Rank it one to five. One is not at all. They don't need a rim protector like Miles Turner. The defense is already fine. The Mavs don't need to add another defender. They have the good the good enough defense to be a postseason threat. Five, if you go all the way on the five scale, they need one desperately. Like they are they are just smoking mirrors if they don't add it a uh, rim protector. Three, two, one. Ooh, I put a four and Isaac gave a three. I'm a, I'm at a four because I do think there's a little bit of smoke and mirrors in this in this defense, a little bit, in the sense that you look at some of their opponents. They have not played a big like center. They have not played a Jokic and Anthony Davis and and Aiton. Uh, they have not played guys like that or a lot of they guards. played Jokic a while back. 
The Denver game. Yeah. Yeah. They, they played Jokic when he had like nobody else on his team. I mean, I well, think you started at two guard for Denver that night, but <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, it was, it was Austin Rivers and Faku and me. It was the backcourt. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so like I think they do need a guy like that for a postseason run to go up against mm. some of these guys, right? To go up against Jokic in the postseason is different than going up against Jokic in a one game. Anthony know, Davis regular type. season. Anthony Davis, DeAndre Ayton. You know, you're starting to talk about some guys that that could really hurt you. Plus, we're not talking about these guards that can get into the paint, and the Mavericks need somebody on the back line to be able to stop them. I'm. I've seen a lot of Dwight Powell trying to defend the rim after gar- after guards and wings get beat on the perimeter, and it's it, it just wouldn't work in a playoff run. So that's why I'm at a four. You are at a three, though. Tell me why you're right in the middle. I just, I mean, yeah, just because I think the defense has been, you know, pretty good lately, and that's my only thing. I I just I think it would it's almost a luxury luxury that if you can if you can get a rim protector, um, I'm probably going to your next question here, but as far as like the priority of that next question let's go into it yes no the Mavs top priority at the trade deadline should be a rim protecting upgrade at center so their top priority should be their number one thing should be a rim protecting center like Miles Turner three two one oh we're both with the nose double nose no 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 yeah I just think it's I just think it's a I think they it would be great to have for all the reasons you just said, but I still am looking at the the secondary cre- creator spot. Now I know as soon as I say that, then you know people in the comments <laughs> like, "What do you what do you want more than Jalen Brunson?" I what's the long term answer there? Like, is it is it Jalen Brunson? Are we have we seen enough already to say, "All right, that's the guy that he's the secondary creator," you know, secondary ball handler next to Luca. I just th- I just think if there is a high profile top uh you get in trouble when you say numbers but like you know a, a top 30 <laughs> guy out there another creator type of guy that I you know I would just, I would just be interested in that. You know if a Bradley Beal hit the market like let's really talk about that. You know like that would be another that would be a star that if Damian Lillard if they could get into that. I mean I'm listening to the CJ McCollum stuff like I'm just that's still the number one thing for me of next to Luca. Yeah. I'm going to go a little bit more broad than you and say, it just has to be talent. If you can upgrade at talent in a high, a high end talent, I don't care what position they play really. Right. Like if you can get, you know, we, we've been filling out this, um, 2022 NBA, like, uh, trade deadline sheet for the, for the locked on NBA channel. And every single host is putting in, okay, what are your available assets? What do you want? What's on the trading block? And um, it was like, what are you looking for? And for us, I wrote down what we're looking for is a Drew Holiday type player, right? Like a Drew Holiday level player where they can come in and do a lot of those things and kind of fill in that spot exactly like what Drew Holiday did for the the Bucks, the Mavs need that. If the Mavs can add somebody like that, it takes them to that next level. And so I don't care what position it is, you can kind of fit in any position except for maybe a certain center, right? If it's like, if it's a certain center, I'm not sure you can fit him next to Porzingis, but any other player really, you can fit on this team and it would work out. And so I think talent over one single position is where the Mavs should. Uh, it's like yeah. it's like in the draft, right? Just you know, best available. Okay, trade for the best available. Last one from me here. Miles Turner, this is an interesting one. Miles Turner would be the you know 
give a number, best rim protector for the Mavs since the start of the Dirk era. So we're just going back to like, you know, 98, 97. How many rim protectors have the Mavs had? And where would Miles Turner rank? Start to think through some of them. It's not a ton. Three, two, one. Oh, okay. We're, we're, we're the same number. We both said two, and I said second easily, and Isaac said second maybe. Tell me who, who said, are you thinking? I said number two, maybe one. Oh, maybe one. You're, it was covering out on the side. Um, yeah. Maybe one. So you, you think even Tyson Chandler is not better than, than Miles Turner? Well, I mean, I think Tyson still holds that thing, but you just look at if we're just talking about rim protection and blocks. I, you know, Miles Turner is one of the best in the league at protecting the rim. So, but I, I would still give the edge to Tyson because my heart is with Tyson. <laughs> for sure. Let me just, for the people watching on YouTube, let me just show you this list of players <laughs> because it's, um, it's something else. Uh, can you zoom in there? Yeah, please? hold on. Hold on. I'm getting there. Uh, okay. I just did it by blocks per game. So, here are the blocks per game. On this uh, <laughs> number one since since the start of the Dirk era, Sean Bradley number one, Porzingis yeah. number two. Like is Porzingis the the second best rim protector the Mavs have had in the Dirk era? Sure, I mean we where's Dallin Bear? Okay. I was gonna say Ray yeah. Friends, Desana Jop, uh, Elton Brand, Eric Dampier, Dallin Bear, Brendan Haywood, Brandon Wright, then Tyson Chandler. He didn't get a lot of blocks, but he was just a really good rim protector. What Drew a Gooden, list. Old DeAndre Jordan, Andrew Bogut. <laughs> I joked with you about Bogut. If we had like younger, healthier Bogut, he would be higher up this list. I honestly think number fifteen on this list is Maxi with .9 blocks a game. I think he is the second, like the if Miles Turner doesn't come, the second best rim protector the Mavs have had in this era. Maybe Nerlens Noel. <laughs> wow, Nerlens. <laughs> I know, right? But that's the list. So yeah. Turner would be a, a player the Mavericks have not had since Tyson Chandler, really. Like, I'm not saying he's a starter kit. I'm saying he would be the, the fully furnished kit already made. <laughs> what is the, what, what are those models that you don't have to, like, take all, all the pieces, glue them together, and paint? Like, my dad and I, when I was a kid, we got one of those model cars where you have to take out all the pieces, you glue them together, and then you have to paint each individual piece of the car, and you're, like, building a real small, like, metal car. That sounds miserable. And we, it took us forever and we never finished it and then we got one that was like a snap together and it took us like you know an hour or something like miles Turner is the snap together one he's like already assembled yeah coming up let's get into some more questions about trades let's dive into some bigger ones what's a realistic trade target that you want for the maps what's a realistic trade target you don't want for the maps things like that continue to play whiteboard coming up on today's lockdown maps All right, Isaac Harris, let's keep it going. This is your game. We will play fill in the blank on this, on some NBA trades and trades for the Mavs. All right, first one. A realistic trade target that has been mentioned and that could be available in the league that you don't want in Dallas. Oh, I didn't even erase my board. <laughs> While you're doing that, I'll start with mine. Yeah. Karis Levert. <laughs> I'm not in on Karis LeVert. I know that the Pacers are starting to to trade a lot of their guys. I know that they're they're in on a bunch of these trades. Karis LeVert has been mentioned with others, but injury prone. And I can just see it's this it's Tim Hardaway Jr. again, right? Like if they mm. just if they flop him, it's just an injury prone Tim Hardaway Jr. to me with maybe a little bit better pull up shooting. And so I, I'm just not into that for the Mavs. Okay, okay. I put 
Nurkic. Nurkic, the slow-footed center. We already know they're not going for that. Yeah, and that's my thing. Like, I appreciate his game, and you know, as the bruiser, as a you know rebounder and stuff. It's just, I think what Dallas wants from that center position, I would be unsure about. Just and how the team is currently constructed, especially with KP, I would not want to roll out a Nurkic KP front line. Uh, second question: What is a realistic target that you want in Dallas? A name that is in rumors that you're like, man. I would really want him in Dallas if they could somehow get him. I got mine ready to go. I'm already, I'm, already I'm locked and loaded. Three, two, one. Oh, we went. We we, oh. we we split the Pacers center. I don't think Sabonis is realistic. I'm not sure the Mavs have enough. He's just, to, his name's been mentioned though. Yeah, but I don't think he's realistic for the what the Mavs have right now. What like what oh, do you okay. think a package would be? That's realistic to me. I mean, you. You just have to un- unload everything you have in that scenario. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. It would be like Brunson, Josh Green, maybe the first in 2027, or what? Or they renounce the rights to that Knicks pick, and then they could trade an earlier pick. Like, it would just have to be all that stuff. Yeah, I just Sabonis with Luca just sounds amazing. Oh, his, for sure. His passing, no, I, playmaking, rebound, like all of it. If they could do it, I mean, that is an upgrade on on the on Porzingis that the like the Mavs would desperately want like all the post-up stuff that we keep asking Porzingis to do or that we're like hey, take advantage of your height Sabonis does that but he's shorter <laughs> right? yeah like, and shoots and, and handles the ball and all that kind of stuff like the passing between those two guys would be incredible for me I think Miles Turner is like an actual realistic the Mavs can trade for him have the pieces to trade for him target and I think adding him would take the Mavs defense to, from good right now to like a completely next level of like that is 2011 level. The Mavs can be that good of a defense. Yeah. And my, my whole thing with miles Turner, I do think he's a, a very realistic trade target because I don't think, especially when you listen to national podcasts, all this different stuff, when they talk about miles Turner's trade value, I don't think you're having to break the bank for Turner. I could be wrong, but I don't think you are, but what do you have to surrender to get Turner? Can you get miles Turner without, I mean, we, we talked about it briefly the other day, the two young pieces on the Mavs, Jalen Brunson, Josh Green. Can you get Miles Turner without giving up one of those guys? Or will it cost one of those guys? Like that's when it starts getting into because I think there's a lot of Mavs fans out there who would want Miles Turner. But yeah. if you said, Oh, okay, well, if you want Miles Turner, it's gonna cost Jalen Brunson, I think a lot of Mavs fans would be like, uh, I don't think I like him that much. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think I like Turner that much. So because then all of a sudden it puts a, a further emphasis on Porzingis and Tim Hardaway Jr. to be consistent contributors on yeah. offense. And then then all of a sudden you've taken a strength of your team, turned it into a weakness, and then all of a sudden the defense of your team becomes a strength, and then the Mavs are just a completely different team. Maybe you get away with it. Maybe it's like a you know, Luca is Chauncey Billups to the 2004 Pistons, right? Like maybe they yeah. he, maybe they do a thing like that. Um yeah. Okay, my next one. What's the biggest name out there in rumors? that you could see Dallas actually swing for that. You wouldn't be shocked that if there was a final three of the biggest name out there and there's a final three in Dallas is in it. And you're like, okay, I'm not shocked that they're in, in the, okay. So I took this a little differently. You just said the biggest name that Dallas could swing for. And I was like, okay, the biggest one that they could try for that maybe is realistic, but I don't think they could actually get this guy because of what is being asked. But here's the biggest name I came up with three, two, one. Hey, <laughs> we both said Ben Simmons. That's the, I mean, that's the biggest name out there right now, right? Is there a bigger name? 
I mean, if there. you want to talk about Dame, but. Dame, I guess, is out there, yeah. But Ben Simmons, I mean, three-time All-Star. He's been All-NBA. He's been two-time All-Defensive. Can't you see Dallas swinging for that, though? What would it even be? I mean, they can't put Porzingis in that deal. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying. Can I, they? I, I, no, you'd have to three-team that. But it, it, it just it feels like a situation. It feels like a, you know, a player with that type of ceiling. It feels like one of those things where it's like, hey, if there are teams out there that are kind of hesitant about whether to swing for Simmons, just everything, it feels like Dallas would be one of those teams saying, we'll swing for that. We'll swing for pairing, you know, Simmons and Luca together in all of that. Like, I don't I just it wouldn't shock me if they're interested. This is coming on a, like the, the back of this six game win streak, and I kind of feel like. The Mavs have just been waiting for their team to look like this. And so I'm not sure they're in the, we need to swing for something big. I still think they're in the the mode of like the Mavericks, the organization themselves are in this mode of, we almost just beat the Clippers, right? We almost just made it there. And I think they're still in that mode. I don't see them making a big swing like this yet. If the Mavs were where the Blazers are, yeah, they would make a, they would make a move like this, right? Yeah. They would swing for something big like this, but it doesn't seem realistic to me, but we'll see. All right, next question. If the Mavericks stand pat at the deadline, they don't make any trades at all, not even like a fringe trade, the fans would be blank. Mine's a cop-out answer. I accidentally answered the last one before this. <laughs> okay, ready? Ready? Three, two, one. <laughs> Isaac said pissed, and I said a multiverse of madness. <laughs> The Mavs fan base would be a multi. There would be com- there would be so many different levels of anger, right? If if they just if the Mavs don't do anything at the trade deadline, they don't make I've any. I've seen this roster for so long. Maybe they make a, a a fringe move, right? They trade like you know Sterling Brown for somebody, or they you know package Frank and somebody for somebody else, right? Then and they add something, a sh- more shooting or something. Then even if they just do that, that's considered standing pat to me. If they don't make any kind of major move, I think there would be levels of. Well, oh, this map, yeah, just like you said, this Mavs roster has been this the same. But then there would be some people to be like, well, I don't know. It depends on where they their record was at the time. What if they're on like another six game win streak? Then, then I think, then I think that's when you get the multiverse of madness. You get some people that are still on it, like don't forget this team sucks and their roster is terrible, and other people saying, well, this team is a top five defense and they're on another winning streak and blah blah blah. Yeah, I just think. I mean, I think the cop-out answer for anything is just say they're going to be mad because fans are always going to be mad. Like, <laughs> There's always somebody mad, too. You can always, always even, yeah. if, even if the majority of fans aren't mad, you can find somebody that is. You could, you could win the title, and somebody's out there mad. But they should have brought back Tyson jer- Chandler. <laughs> did you see the jerseys they wore? I cannot believe that they wore the jerseys in, for this ceremony and whatever. Uh, last How dare they you. not bring back Tyson Chandler? That's like <laughs> the most angry maps. Have you seen? Have you seen the statue for Dirk? And uh, the last question here: the Maverick. I, hope, I don't think I don't think they'll sit on that statue for much longer. I think that they'll <laughs> they'll change it up. The Maverick most likely to be traded. Before... I think we're gonna disagree. I think we're gonna disagree on this one. I'm ready to be the Maverick most likely to be traded. Three, two, one. Oh, we both went for high value. I went with Tim Hardaway Jr. You went with Christoph Porzingis. You think Porzingis is the most likely player to be traded? Honestly, Tim was third on my list. I went back and forth. I almost wrote Brunson. That's what I thought you were going to go with. 
Yeah, just because he's playing so dang good. And once you pass that deadline, then you could realistically lose him for nothing or yep. in the summer for him to get his own team if he wants and gets a huge payday and all this stuff. I and mean, you wouldn't blame him at all. Um, I just put KP on there just because, you know, they are playing well right now. You know, they're playing good defensively. And is there, you know, I just don't. Yeah, I don't want to go into that. All that right now. <laughs> Mine is Tim Hardaway Jr. Because he looks I mean, both of these guys, Tim and KP kind of look expendable on this team, right? Uh, they've replaced them in, in certain ways. But I think that that Tim on this team has looked the most out of place. Whereas mm. Porzingis, you, you know, you can you can put him in in places and he can he still bring some good value with his spacing and all that. Tim has just looked Brunson has totally passed him by. And Tim as a fourth, fifth option instead of a, you know, higher up the rank option just looks a little different, I think. Yeah. And, uh, that, and that's we're not saying what him. we would do. I, the question no. is, who's the most likely to if Dallas did trade somebody who, you know, who would you basically put money on? And you could hear the the case for all of them. Right. We talked about Brunson. Yeah. Tim, you know, I know Tim's contract, you know, number at what I think he's making like 20 this season. But Tim's the type of, you know, streaky shooter that. You know, any playoff team would love to have Tim off their bench. And so yeah, it's man. like the spectrum of where Tim could go if they entertain that is a lot of different teams. And then the KP angle is, I mean, there's a whole different angle of that, of, you know, a rebuild team saying, hey, we want to build around KP, make him the focal point or, you know, a yeah, yeah, you could go all day on that of how Dallas, it's all about how Dallas, you know, if let's just say Dallas, you know, swung for like a Miles Turner or something. Is that a precursor to a, another bigger trade of saying, uh, I don't know, how do they feel about a Miles Turner KP, you know, front court and all of that? So I, I'm just, I'm very interested to see how, if they stand pat over the next few weeks, you know, over the, I guess it is a few weeks. Dang, yeah, that's crazy. We're getting close. Over the next few weeks. We're a month away today. Does Nico treat this trade deadline as his first draft? Ah, my first mock draft. You know, and because now yeah. he's seen these players in action. His in the off in the off season, he hadn't necessarily seen these players together, and this year he really hasn't seen a lot of them. But yeah, so um, like, are we hearing you with know, Coach Kid? Let me let me put that caveat because like, oh, he's seen he should have seen these players the last couple of years. No, under Coach Kid, he has now yeah. seen these players. Right, that's a little different. Yeah, like, are we getting the the presser after the deadline from Nico, and he's sitting there? Yeah, man, the phones are ringing. This is my first trade deadline. It was a lot of yeah. fun. You know, just getting my feet wet on that and cool. But, you know, we think we, we got the roster to make a run. You know, is this just a tested out type thing? Or is Nico going to go Nico going to go into the, you know, the trade deadline just swinging of, hey, first deadline, let's do this. I want to swing for it and just go all in. Yeah, let's make the roster that I've been wanting. Let's make the roster that I envisioned when I first came yeah. in here. And now we have some pieces that have built up some trade value that I can do that. Bill Simmons always refers to like new owner syndrome. Is it, you know, yeah. to where they have to make these big moves and all this stuff? Will Nico have the like new GM syndrome of, okay, I've, you know, I've seen this roster. I want to make the tweaks and changes that I want to make now. Well, it almost feels like there's new owner syndrome. Do you remember in, uh, in Lord of the Rings when that, that King has that, has the, the guy in his ear? Oh yeah. The whole, yeah. He has that guy in his ear the whole time. And then when Aragorn yeah. like kills him Fair and the, or like sends him out and then all of a sudden he just becomes brand new. It feels like what Mark Cuban's done. After her Alabama. Are you comparing Grimma Warm Tongue to <laughs> uh, Only at the end of the podcast. <laughs> this is incredible content. 
Thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen every single day. We will be back with you tomorrow, breaking down some more of the Dallas Mavericks and playing some more games. We will uh, uh, go listen to the Lockdown Now podcast. They have nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from local experts like us. Lockdown Now is available on wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube on the Lockdown NBA channel. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out! Boom!